The Transforming Society podcast is brought to you by Bristol University Press and Policy Press. In episodes covering a wide range of social issues, we speak to authors and editors about their books and journals to get to grips with the story their research tells and look at the specific ways in which it could transform society for the better. I'm Jess Miles, and in this episode, my co-presenter, Rebecca Megson-Smith, speaks to Tim Bodley-Scott and Asel Oymak about their book, University Industry Partnerships for Positive Change. They look at how robust university industry partnerships are vital to achieve the UN Sustainable Development Goals, creating a better world for everyone. More information about their book is available from bristoluniversitypress.co.uk. Could long-term alliances forged between industry and academia provide the transformations needed to effectively respond to the grand social challenges, such as climate change, we find ourselves facing today? That's certainly the notion set forward by Ursel Oymak and Tim Bodley-Scott in their book, University Industry Partnerships for Positive Change, Transformational Strategic Alliances Towards UN SDGs, and one I'm very much looking forward to discussing with them today. Before we dig into the detail of the questions and answers that their practice-informed research offers, let me introduce my two guests for you. Tim Bodley-Scott is Strategic Alliances Director at University College London, within one of the world's highest ranking computer science departments, where he develops transformational strategic alliances with key industry, not-for-profits and academic partners. Ursel Oymek is Strategic Alliances Advisor and Innovator in Residence for UCL and Board Member for Praxis Oral and Science Centre of Excellence. He has also formerly served as Board Member for Hounslow Chamber of Commerce. He has significant global technology sector experience with leading corporates, including Cisco, as well as working closely with government, industry and the startup innovation ecosystem. Ursula and Tim, thank you for being with us today and welcome. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you, Rebecca. So let's just start at the beginning. What is the story behind the story? Why were the two of you inspired to write this book? Well, uh, Rebecca, uh... Both Ursula and I have um, a quite different backgrounds. So I worked in local government uh, and then I moved into working in the university sector for many years. And Ursula's background is much more in the technology industry, working for uh, large corporates like Cisco. Uh, and however, we both had experience in the university sector, working in both corporate engagement and corporate philanthropy. And we recognise that there are a number of challenges that needed to be addressed on the academic side, particularly. We noticed also that there were hardly any books out there when we were looking for advice on uh, how we can build better partnerships, stronger partnerships, deeper partnerships. We recognised that there were hardly any books written by practitioners for practitioners. Yeah, and on my end, just to reinforce Tim's messaging there, uh, we also noticed that some very large companies uh, corporates lack the capacity to engage with universities in a very meaningful way. They were used to B2B type of relationships, however, not B2U. So rather than be business to business, business to university type of relationships, uh, would also be very important understanding the dynamics of it, uh, talking through the same language uh, and seeing the challenges uh, behind the scenes uh, and also realizing those uh, needs on both sides of the equation. So the B2U relationships needed to be recognized really. 
as a unique type of alliance that required specific skills and understanding. That's how it uh, really came about uh, and instigated our uh, will to write up this book. And I believe the book itself was born during the sort of COVID pandemic, the, the, the discussions for, for, for working on it. Uh, that's that right. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Exactly. Yes, we were both working um, in the uh, in, in corporate uh, philanthropy during a, what was a very difficult time when a lot of businesses were cutting back um, their, their spending on, on, on partnership activities and focusing on their core core business. Um, so it was a very difficult time for us. But we recognised that some of the most enlightened corporates were still very much interested in the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals and being good corporate citizens, essentially. So they were interested in, you know, the challenges, the huge challenges that we face. It was around the time of, you know, COP26 as well and the climate change, um, the, 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 the reports coming out talking about uh, we must keep to one and a half degree temperature rise by, um, by the end of the century. And what we need to do to address that. Uh, so there are huge societal pressures, uh, obviously on governments, but also on companies. And we recognise the universities needed to to do more uh, than ever before through partnerships. And and I think you know during that time we really um, uh, we really saw um, kind of new ways of working innovative kind of global ways of working and and and, and we, we we were able to see one of the positives was uh, being able to see people stepping up and working in in, in very different ways and you, your your note on the um the uns sdgs and and, and putting that heart and center and, and and the focus on climate change you know that's very clearly a part of what your offering here here here, here is a, a model and a, um that it that enables us to to think about working in um you know ways that are going to be transformational for a better future for, for all of us i i wonder if you could talk to us about some of the key concepts that are at the heart of of your work and and those real game changers i think that are in the in the book uh let me just let me just take the first step here um we thought that long-lasting relationships between industry and academia would not be just enough to achieve that uh, very goal of positive change, uh, making that impact in a transdisciplinary way uh, aimed by uh, the United Nations for uh, the entirety of the world. You know, uh, putting societal benefits to the center point of everything we do, regardless if it is from the university or the uh, academia side of the things, um uh, you would you would you would uh, or or one would require a step change in it would require a whole paradigm shift in the way we engaged uh, with with all these stakeholders so we 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 thought that 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 required a, a, a well so to say a business model innovation really uh, uh to deliver this kind of a, a a new spirit into the relationships uh so it being strategic, being long-lasting would not be fair enough. We had to also achieve the very goal of making it transformational. Uh, maybe from a real-life example, just like what Uber did to transportation uh, industry, or just like uh, Airbnb, for example, did to the hospitality industry, that transformational effect in the end, just like the light at the end of the tunnel, has, has changed all the things so dramatically that it will never be the same again. Will never go back. Um, so we want to make this happen for the industry business relationships as well. 
Um, it's not going to be research for the sake of research any longer. It should be for the societal benefit. It's not going to be monetization, uh, capitalization uh, aims only. It should be for the societal benefit. Unless otherwise there is this uh, benefit for the, uh, for the majority of the society, then probably it shouldn't be uh, that meaning, uh, meaningful. Uh, we should, we should uh, follow uh, all the things that goes for the better of the people. Um, and and uh, that, that's, that's why we came up with this new model. Yes, and so that concept, as Ursula's been elaborating, of moving from transactional relationships, which are typically short-term between universities and industry, to uh, even beyond strategic alliances, to something that is genuinely transformational and in terms of its impact, in terms of its the scale of its impact um, and the reach of those relationships to um, particularly between global north and global south, working, working together more than ever before um, in these deep partnerships that actually achieve significant societal benefits towards the um, uh, UN Sustainable Development Goals. We know, for example, that UN SDG number 17 is about partnerships, partnerships for the goals. So how are we actually going to execute that? But the way to do it is to uh, focus, to bake in this transformational aspect from the outset, which means you need to be very careful about who you want to partner with. You need to partner with organizations that share the same values and vision, uh, so partner selection becomes critical uh, through these sorts of uh, quadruple helix relationships that aren't just between universities and industry, but are between universities, industry, uh, governments, civil society. We have to work together more than ever before. And we started to see that during the pandemic when companies, universities, um, charities, um, governments work together in such a uh, in such a coordinate, better coordinated way um, than ever before because of the urgency of the situation. Brilliant, brilliant. And, and I think one of the things that, um, th this is a really inspiring read, by the way, I just, I really want to kind of throw that in there. And um, I, what I think is really great about it is it does really offer a, um, a vision of what um, universities could become as well and I wonder if I could ask you to talk a little bit to this notion of the fifth generation um, university and, and, and how that sits within, um, with, within the work that you've done. Yes um, certainly so uh, there, we, we developed that concept building on a, a book that was published um, called the third generation university several years ago now um, by a guy called Visema and uh, uh, our concept is essentially showing that the, the university itself is changing, it's evolving, um, and it's learning, if you like, from the um, different experiences, the different tran transformations that are happening within society, digital transformations, rapid digital transformation, um, societal pressures, um, the need for universities to demonstrate public good more than ever, more than ever. Uh, and so the third generation university focused on research, on teaching and uh, on commercialization of, of research, um, what's also known as technology transfer, which is a type of knowledge exchange between universities and industry. However, we talk about a much more a bi-directional two-way relationship which needs to happen so moving the fourth generation university started talking more about uh, knowledge exchange more broadly in terms of how universities can impact on policy sh shape government policy and um, 
bring about uh, economic development in their regions. But the fifth generation university takes that uh, a step further by moving beyond just transactional relationships that are just about commercialization, technology licensing, moving beyond just thinking about how the university contributes to uh, creating jobs in a particular region towards how can the university actually achieve global societal benefit um, by focusing, yes, on localized problems that are making a difference to, to, to local problems uh, in their own backyard, but actually making a significant dent on climate change, for example, in partnership with some of the world's biggest companies. Yeah. And just to build on uh, Tim's messaging there, uh, we noticed that uh, most of the universities are now transitioning, trying to transition from third generation to the fourth generation. Uh, so that's the kind of aim. Uh, we take it one step uh, forward uh, to the fifth generation with the notion that uh, <laughs> one of the biggest challenges between uh, the universities and industries is that, okay, they work on this, uh, uh, on this very innovative research project. It's a, it's a common thing. It needs to be delivered. And let's say it's a strategic type of relationship that runs uh, up to 10 years. But then what happens after 10 years? Um, people change on both sides of the equation, and then the, and then the project may uh, have actually uh, run out of its uh, life lifetime, uh, and uh, that relationship between the institutions, between the university and 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 the and the business, uh, may die out. So we don't want that to happen. This is all about the continuum of that relationship. It's about making that transformational impact in the end, uh, and it should be once again based on the feedback that you uh, receive over the time, uh, it should also, a, a refreshing type of relationship uh, itself uh, uh, as, as, as things move forward. Um, so in order to achieve that, um, uh, we, we thought about some uh, real life examples. Uh, we would like to see, for example, the provost or the, or the uh, president of the university having at least a regular once a year type of conversation with the CEO or the president of that business of that corporate industry uh, partner uh, and and all the other levels cascaded down should have their peer-to-peer -peer communications in a bi-directional manner as well and that would ensure that institutional uh, bond between uh, organizations rather than being tied up uh, uh, to the uh, uh, to the people level uh, so people should not be ignored, of course, because at the end of the day, people buy from people. That uh, that uh, uh, ensures the continuum of the relationship. Uh, however, having said that, we shouldn't uh, uh, dismiss or ignore the fact of institutional level of bonding as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the institutional leaders talking to each other, I think, is a really powerful um, image as well, and and, and that idea of sort of blending uh, you know bringing all elements of the organization together that that feels quite different to how things are generally done now is that would that be fair to say yes uh, definitely rebecca in, in our experience the you know the relationships are often held very closely by uh, individual academics with companies yeah. and they guard them very very um, jealously in, in in a way some individuals are a lot more collegiate uh, but it does vary. And, and like Ursula says, we need to make these relationships much stickier in that sense, so that if somebody does move on, and, and from both sides, from industry as well, those relationships just don't disappear. But they there needs to be that baking in of the transformational aspects, the, the multifaceted elements as well. So 
focusing on both programmatic activities of, of related to teaching, student projects, for example, um, sponsored research activities, internships on the talent pipeline side of things, but also uh, um, philanthropy as well uh, as, as something that's, that's there to, to help to grow the relationship as well and demonstrate that the company is, is, is serious as well. That, that can't necessarily happen uh, from the outset uh, with, with, with most companies, but uh, that needs to be baked in as a, as a long term as a long term aim. Yeah, yeah. And, and just to uh, follow up from what Tim's just said, uh, uh, universities around the world are heavily reliant on state funding, and uh, and, and they their uh, uh, attention is to really go up in the uh, ranking of research by the number of publications they make. Um, and then uh, accordingly receiving that state funding. Um, we think that should change. <clears throat> in order to make this step change, once again, in order to make that disruption in higher education industry, we need more collaboration uh, between universities and industries. And that's only possible by the introduction of the fifth generation university. In the fifth generation university, um, a, a blended approach would be adopted rather than a, a state funding based approach in, in, in day-to-day uh, operations of the, of the university, um, uh, we, would, we would require uh, uh, industry aware people working in the staff in senior executive leadership team of the universities. Uh, and also on the other side of the equation, once again, because there's a homework for the industry to do as well in terms of capacity and readiness and being compatible for these type of relationships, we would like to see uh, more of, a, of, of, of an academic uh, uh, awareness, uh, academia aware people working on that, uh, on that side as well, so that they can actually uh, talk to each other flawlessly and make things happen. Uh, and another thing perhaps to bear in mind is uh, we wouldn't like to see universities only caring about no strings attached cash donations to continue to pursue their uh, research goals, uh, projects. Um, there are lots of uh, 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 things to be done in, in, in the sense of uh, programmatic activities as well. And we believe that by putting focus on programmatic activities in collaboration with the industry, regulated by the governments for the greater benefit of the cross-communal, uh, for, for, well, uh, for, for, for the society, uh, hopefully we can achieve uh, uh, better things that will eventually instigate that corporate philanthropy to happen as well. So rather than putting focus on the corporate philanthropy in the first go or donations from individuals, uh, we should put focus on the programmatic activities uh, in terms of how we can uh, address things and make uh, well, uh, and, and improve certain areas of this relationship and move it forward. Uh, and, uh, and, and then hopefully we can achieve uh, 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 corporate philanthropy to happen in bigger numbers as well for the university. Yeah, more as a byproduct because, of course, companies will have a greater understanding of, um, you know, the benefit of working with universities and the benefit of that research, which you know perhaps to some extent is more closed off uh, to them uh, under present circumstances than than than, than it would be in, in in this way of of working. Now. What I really want to emphasize, though, is that your your ideas, which are, you know, that they're, 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 they're full, they're 
powered by enthusiasm and vision. Um, but this isn't just high ideals, right? You know, one of the things that um, you really do very well in the book is talk about the practical aspects of um, of doing this work within university um, and industry. And, and, and it's very clear, every chapter, you're very clear on case studies and you're very clear on um, walking us through the the um, the tools that are actually currently available for, for creating this shift because it's it's only going to happen sort of through how do we make it happen practically. So um, I wonder if you could talk to me a bit more about those tools. Yes, certainly. So uh, one of those tools we call the Transformational Strategic Alliance Journey, uh, and it's really about the contractual engagement process of setting up these relationships. There's always um, the, there's always the, uh, the you know the need to to uh, discuss things such as intellectual property, but sometimes these relationships at the at the early stages get bogged down too much in these you know IP discussions, uh, and and they're not really led by the the vision of the, uh, the the vision of wanting to work together first to achieve that um, both mutual benefit and societal benefit. So there does have to be a what's in it for me uh, mm. from both sides, but. There needs to be a much greater focus on the long-term vision um, from the outset. Um, we found that's very helpful, but also the need to simplify legal documents such as NDAs, so that instead of twelve pages, it they become you know one page. That would actually, uh, well, in our experience, it it accelerates the process um, of dealing with the lawyers, uh, and then. Also recognizing the different types of income that can come into the university is important. So whether that is consultancy or uh, whether that is going to be licensing or whether that's re uh, sponsored research or innovation activities that, that are not uh, typically sponsored, not the same as sponsored research, mm. but setting up an innovation center with a focus on promoting entrepreneurship, for example. And for many universities, as Ursula says, that are public, largely publicly funded, their mechanisms are not very well set up for dealing with industry, uh, contracting with industry. So investing in that side of uh, working with industry in terms of the research contracting process mm -hmm. to simplify things and to have people who are experienced at working on contracting with industry is important for universities to think yeah. about and trying to automate that process as much as possible. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I think uh, uh, for that type of an environment where the fifth generation university is playing a pivotal role, um, we need academics to think of their research projects like a startup and they are the CEO of that startup. So how, how they can actually, they, they should be thinking about how they can answer that very what's in it for me question of the industry. Um, so it's not about waiting for industry to come down and work with them on that fantastic innovative research project, but they should be doing uh, certain things on their end to draw the industry's attention as well. And vice versa, of course, on the industry side of the things, you would expect them to be aware of the needs of academia. Uh, you need to understand, once again, uh, their language and the way they think. It, it, it might be uh, somewhat different from, uh, from the very imperatives of the industry in that sense. Um, and, and to make that happen, uh, and, and back to the discussion of the tools, we need something called VSEM. VSEM stands for Vision, Strategy, Execution, and Metrics. Um, so on both sides of the equation, once again, business university relationships, we need a very uh, tangible vision 
as to what we'd like to achieve. Uh, and that all starts with, uh, with, with the assessment of uh, their whereabouts. They need to understand uh, exactly where they are in this relationship and what they would like to do. And uh, back to Tim's uh, earlier comment, they need to understand whether or not these uh, entities or institutions that like to partner up with share the same values because shared value is utmost importance. Mm -hmm. uh, and based on that, we can come up with the vision. Okay, this is what I'd like to do in this certain area. Uh, and then strategy. So how are we gonna do that? Rather than tactical, we need to really think about at least three to five years in our, uh, in, in our uh, forecasting model for that relationship. So we need to put together the strategy appropriately. And then, of course, how are we going to deliver this execution? Uh, vision without uh, execution is hallucination, as, as one said at the time. Um, it is so important uh, to address different, uh, uh, different lines of uh, execution uh, related to that uh, project we'd like to do uh, together with the industry. Um, uh, so defining those uh, dynamic elements in the execution model. And then metrics, how would you describe success? Uh, what does success really look like to you based on what type of metrics? That's also important. Is it the number of publications? Is it uh, the IPR or the patent uh, license, licenses uh, and, the, and the revenues generated from that? How are we gonna recognize different types of revenue, whether or, whether or not it is uh, coming from consultancy or innovation ecosystem, uh, IPR related uh, patent licensing, or it is uh, a, a pure uh, a donation uh, from the corporate uh, into the research activity. Um, so all these should be measured and then we can define success accordingly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, I, there's, a, there's a really lovely sort of simple table, I think, in the book that talks about KPIs, uh, key performance indicators, both from a, an academic point of view and, and maps it to industry. And I think that's that that really beautifully sort of shows actually this is a lot simpler than <laughs> than it might seem actually you know that the 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 um you know the the, the areas of crossover areas of similarity of interest are, are, are there already really which i think is great okay um one of the things i would say obviously you know um tim your background is very much computer science uh sl uh you know you have a really strong technology background I'm really intrigued for me it seems very straightforward as to uh, university industry partnerships um, particularly around the STEM subjects uh, you know if you talk about kind of technical innovation startups and things but I'm interested is it is it applicable to more kind of arts humanities uh, social sciences side of things um, and, and is it different uh, if, you, if you apply it outside of the, the STEM subjects? Yes, absolutely. So I think that historically, engineering disciplines work have worked, including computer science, have worked with uh, industry far more, and also medical subjects. You know, with an, um, pharmaceutical companies as well. So they have a long experience of these types of relationships with industry, but less so the arts and the humanities disciplines. But if if you ask any academic. Um, particularly in the UK, where we have the um, the REF every every few years. This is a sort of assessment of, of the research quality and the impact of, of research. If you ask, uh, and you, all universities uh, are judged, judged by these REF rankings, and also the KEF, which is the knowledge exchange framework about how they are getting their research out there into industry, into uh, society. 
if you ask any academics, do you want to achieve impact at scale from your research? They would say, absolutely, yes. And so one way to do that is commercialization, is through uh, developing a um, license, either licensing your technology, or it could be uh, the typical STEM route, which, which does, yes, involve licensing or creating a startup. But for arts and humanities subjects, uh, a more appropriate uh, pathway could be uh, a consultancy arrangement with industry, or it could be creating a social enterprise where mm. that, uh, that uh, academics research um, leads to, there's a very strong focus on uh, uh, creating social impact through that social enterprise and any profits generated are then reinvested back into the company um, so that so that more social impact can be can be achieved uh, so it, it could also be um, creating a type of service agreement with with schools or or hospitals so there are other there are other models in terms of getting that research out there and achieving impact yeah amazing amazing brilliant great um and um, uh, we, we, you mentioned earlier, actually, um, I, I wanted to come back to it, this, this notion of, um, you know, how this could open up uh, opportunities for kind of greater dialogue, interaction and knowledge exchange between the global north and the global south. Yes, I think Ursul, um, Ursul has a very interesting perspective on this uh, with his work um, involving on the island of Cyprus, actually. So, Ursula, you might want the best place to talk about this, I think. Yeah, we, we believe that uh, the, these, these type of relationships, uh, transformational strategic alliances, can actually make that step change in the world. Uh, uh, they, they, they can be leveraged for many different uh, aims uh, to make that positive impact on the society. Um, one of the areas is uh, probably uh, uh, science diplomacy mm -hmm. uh, by the use of uh, science, technology, entrepreneurship and innovation ecosystem. Uh, next generation universities can help bring about reconciliation between divided communities in conflict. Um, uh, for example, uh, indigenous people groups uh, for underrepresented groups uh, or maybe even in refugee camps, war zones. Um, it, it, it's, uh, it's about uh, using all the good tools that we have from uh, derived, they're deriving from science, uh, technology, and, uh, and uh, that different way of uh, thinking, uh, innovation. Uh, we can really <clears throat> help uh, those zones in conflict come together on the same page and, and, and uh, hopefully uh, create uh, a, a more peaceful kind of uh, environment for all. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Uh, there, there's actually an interesting project I'm working on, uh, Science Center of Excellence, um, perhaps it's, it's worthwhile mentioning, mm. uh, is really uh, uh, created uh, with these kind of uh, goals and objectives. Uh, it's an EU-funded project I'm currently uh, working on, and the, and the transformation of strategic alliance that's happening out there is really transforming, is really transforming the society in the island of Cyprus uh, and the and putting those communities from both sides together, uh, channelized towards the same kind of objective societal benefit. Can, can you give us a, a bit more specifics on how, how, how that's working, what that looks like in operation, how, what it's achieving? Um, it, well, Cyprus is a, a divided island uh, and 
there was a conflict in the past um, and the, right on the, um, on, on the green line, we have uh, this EU funded project called Science, C-Y-E-N-S, Science Center of Excellence. Um, and uh, it is uh, a next generation innovation center, so to say. There are so many innovation hubs, accelerators alike in the island of Cyprus, but this one is different because the, the, the ideas behind uh, setting up such a center is uh, recruiting uh, some of the leading scientists from around the world, mm -hmm. some of whom are actually shared resources. Mm -hmm. uh, so they spend some time uh, elsewhere and then in Cyprus. Uh, and they work on some really, really innovative uh, research projects. Right. Um, uh, and, and these scientists are from uh, both sides of the islands. Mm -hmm. uh, they also have uh, 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 an innovation, a very robust innovation ecosystem, mm -hmm. uh, uh, as we speak, being created uh, both on the green line as well as on both sides of the island. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a very motivating and, and encouraging kind of uh, environment for startup entrepreneur uh, ecosystem to flourish and uh, achieve things uh, jointly. Um, and it's all about science, really. It's all about technology. It's all about the uh, social enterprises and uh, doing things good uh, for the communities. So there are lots of cross-communal benefits. Uh, and it's, I think, one of the very good examples of how science uh, and technology uh, can bring about peace to uh, zones in conflict yeah amazing yeah definitely that's 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 a great it must be a great project to be, be be involved in um one of the other things that um i i think you you know is really highlighted um in 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 your book is this notion of it being on an equal footing as well so where the global north may very well have um more resources it's it, it's about approaching these alliances um, with a degree of equality, because you know the 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 the, the, the um, academic intellectual uh, resources are, are are not held specifically by the global north or the global south, and it's about approaching it in that more egalitarian way, which I I think is really interesting. Okay, thank you. Um, what, what uh, I, I suppose one of the things that, that we've covered such a lot, and there is such a lot in this, uh, in this, you know, really quite concise book. Um, but what would you say is the key sort of takeaway you'd want uh, from, for, you know, our listeners to take thinking about industry um, and uh, university partnerships? What, what's, what's the most important thing you'd like people to be going away from this thinking about? I would, Rebecca, I would sum it up like this universities should seek to be the best for the world and not just the best in the world boom boom great that's that's fantastic Asal, anything that you would add yeah there's one from my side as well uh, i think i'd like to leave the audience uh, with this key takeaway both universities and industry need to adopt a step change in the way they interact hence to move from transactional to transformational strategic partnerships that achieve both mutual benefit as well as significant societal benefit, delivering positive change in the world. Lovely. That's really lovely. Great. Well, look, thank you both so much. It has been an absolute pleasure talking to you today. It's been really wonderful reading your, your book. Um, I feel like we have only skimmed the very surface um, here. It's... Um, 
It is extraordinarily challenging to talk engagingly and entertainingly about systemic level changes, about processes and procedures necessary to create transformational change. And yet, Tim and Arcel, you managed to do this in this very short and practical book. It's bursting with novel ideas and helpful proven tools. The book is grounded, compassionate and incredibly um, human uh, in its approach as to how we can harness the systems we're part of to create fundamental and very much needed change. University Industry Partnerships for Positive Change, Transformational Strategic Alliances Towards UN SDGs is published by Policy Press and is available to purchase from all good book retailers now.